This programme was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. Hello and welcome to Alive with Bavna. Um, we are now doing a new p- format of the show and we are doing a mindfulness journey. With me in the studio today is Natalie. Hi, Natalie. Hi, Bavna. I'm really nervous. <laughs> Nothing to be nervous about. Um, what we're going to be doing is taking Natalie and hopefully the listeners through a mindfulness journey. So, welcome to the show. Natalie, would you like to say a bit about who you are and why you thought mindfulness would help you? Um, Well, I'm a very creative person, and so I spend a lot of my time forward-thinking, imagining, dreaming, creating. So there are occasions when I need to have my feet a bit more on the ground, And I can get very carried away very quickly with over-enthusiasm. So there are times I just need to slow down and realize that I'm not in a race all the time because I don't stop. My partner describes me as the energizer bunny. And what happens there is that every so often my batteries go flat. And that's when I have health issues or things like that. So I'm hoping with mindfulness... It will just make me a little bit more balanced, I hope. (laughs) Okay. And what do you know about mindfulness? I have a mindfulness colouring book that somebody gave me, and I've looked at it, but I've never coloured any of it in, so that obviously hasn't quite worked for me yet. Um, But all I know, it's something to do about being present. And that's about it. Okay, and what does being present mean? Well, to me, when I think of a present, I think of something nice with a big bow on top. (laughs) But I'm guessing um, trying, I suppose being present is, well, as I've said before, I'm creative, so I tend to not focus and drift off. So trying to be in the here and now? Yep, perfect answer. (laughs) Well trained. (laughs) Do I get a star? You get a big star. Thank you. And that's exactly what mindfulness is. It's It does come from Buddhist practice in terms of the meditation, but it's not limited to Buddhism because we all have minds, we all have breaths, we all have a body. And the idea is we're coming back into our bodies despite the word mindfulness the first part of mindfulness is coming back into our body. When we were babies, when we were born, all we had was presence, mindfulness, awareness, whatever you want to call it. Then as we got the mind, we started splitting the whole mind-body separation started happening. And as we grew up, we learned how to live in the future, how to plan, how to think in terms of time, past, future, present. Um, And in our society, we favor more the thinking mind than the being body. Trauma is another reason people separate from their minds and their bodies, because in the body is where the trauma resides. So if you're feeling pain, 
you don't want to be in your body because that's where the body, where the pain is. So you'd rather escape into fantasy or replay a movie or think of something than be present in the moment because the body keeps the score. The body is where the pain is, the distress is. So we've learned to escape from our bodies. I actually have complex PTSD. So... Um, and anxiety and suffer from depression. So anybody that's listening, I'm not a complete basket case. I deal with it on a daily basis, but I'm hoping the mindfulness will reconnect my head with my body because I have discovered in the last few years I've become extremely accident-prone because my head is rushing one way and my body isn't keeping up. So... Yeah, so maybe those past things have really made me like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks for sharing that and thanks for being honest with that. Um, because it is, trauma is one of the ways in which it's a quick change, whereas normal life, it's a slower separation between mind and body. When we have a traumatic experience, in the moment of trauma, my mind-body does split because the body is where the distress is happening. So it's easier to escape the body and create a fantasy world or run away from the body, which is about protection. And in the moment of trauma, that was completely useful. In the moment of trauma, that was great. It meant survival. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the switch we have in our houses. If there's too much electricity, it will trip. It's the trip switch. It's there for our protection. The split is there for our protection. The problem is after the trauma, we still kept the switch off. We didn't put the switch back on. We didn't connect again because the emotions, the distress is in the body. Wow, this is amazing. <laughs> Lovely. <Ooh. laughs> So the first step in terms of mindfulness is coming back into the body in a safe way. Because of the trauma, because of life, because of whatever's happened to you that's caused the split, even if it's just normal life stuff where we learned how to split from our mind's body, first we have to come back into the body in a really safe way. And that's why today's session is about grounding. Grounding we go back to the electricity example is about safety you know we ground electricity so that we can use it safely that's the same thing with our bodies we got to ground ourselves so that we can come into the bodies in a safe healthy way without re-triggering my trauma so if you've come from complex ptsd or depression or something and you've tried mindfulness you may not have been able to do it because the minute you come back into the body, that's when you're feeling all the yuck and you don't have the tools, resources to manage that, so why would you want to come back into the body? So you stay away. The grounding is about safety. This this sounds absolutely incredible. So for grounding, do I need to take my shoes off or anything? can do that, but not exactly now. <laughs> so... I'll just explain a bit about how the program is. So we'll do a bit of talking and then I'll take you through a practice. 
obviously if you're listening on the radio only do the practice if it's safe to close your eyes and be safe not while driving or doing something else um just in a safe space where you can do this where you can give your attention fully to the practice rather than being distracted or unsettled um and then we'll have a discussion about how that was and what did you experience and a bit of homework so next time we can see how that's progressing okay everybody listening you're going to find out in the next episode if I did my homework or not. So that could be quite interesting. Too. No pressure. <laughs> Just everyone's listening to you. <laughs> well. So traditionally, there's two parts to mindfulness. They call it the formal practice and the informal practice. So the one we're going to be doing as the practice in the session is the formal practice. And formal just means I'm taking time out of my day to do a practice. It's a dedicated time. Informal is the rest of your day. So throughout your day, can you practice whatever we're going to do for grounding? Can you practice these things throughout your day? Because if you do any kind of practice and it's a side to your life, it's not your life. That's I go to the gym, I do my health kick for the moment, and then I'll eat McDonald's and chips and have a milkshake and do whatever because I've done the healthy thing so the rest of the day I can do whatever I want it's not inconsistency whereas this we're keeping the mindfulness going throughout the day because the right time to do mindfulness people often ask this what's the good time to do it any time you're breathing is the answer and that's the whole day so yeah which is really interesting because as you said that I realized I've been holding my breath which I tend to do when I'm nervous or um, unsure or I was concentrating really hard on what you were saying and I forgot to breathe. <laughs> and holding your breath is also a stress response. Okay, And that's part of why today's session is about the grounding. And a lot of the stuff we're going to be looking at is doing the opposite of what fight, flight, freeze does. Okay, Okay. so fight, flight, freeze is our protective system that's built in when we're facing danger. And like I said, part of the separation is when we're in a trauma situation, that's when fight, flight, freeze is triggered. But we forget to put the switch back off, so we stay in fight, flight mode Mm. all the time. So we're going to use the body's wisdom and moving the body and just getting into the body in the parts where fight, flight, freeze is most active. So we're going to use the vagal nerve, which is a system that communicates whether the fight, flight is on or off, and we're going to deactivate fight, flight as today's practice. This sounds absolutely brilliant because throughout my whole life since I was about 12 years old, I know I've been stuck. So, and it takes me a long time to not be stuck in fight flight. So, this is going to be very interesting. Okay, so let's get on to the practice for today. Like I said, please do this in a safe space where you can just focus your attention on whatever I'm going to be discussing. So, 
uh, sitting in a comfortable position, preferably not lying down, and I'll explain that later, but it's sitting in a comfortable position. Eyes open or closed makes no difference. If you want to keep your eyes open, just stare blankly in front of you at the table or the floor or whatever it is around you. And just start by noticing the sounds around you. Just noticing what you can hear in this moment. If there's silence around you, notice what the silence sound like. If there's noises around you, just notice what can you hear. Not with judgment, but just with the curiosity of what does this moment actually sound like. Without making a reaction, without going, I like this, I don't like this, just noticing what does this moment sound like. And then taking your attention to your eyes, and whether your eyes are open or closed, just roll your eyes around to one side and roll it to the other side. Coming down to your mouth area, just allow yourself to swallow and just relax the jaw. Open your mouth. Move the jaw around. And if you want, just actually make a sound. Breathe out. If you want, you can also just, just make some kind of noise using your vocal cords. Any kind of sounding. Okay. And then just stopping and noticing, noticing if there's any difference in your body at the moment. Relaxing the jaws, relaxing the face. Maybe rolling your shoulders and actually dropping your shoulders, just allowing them to drop. Moving your head from side to side. And just coming back into stillness. And again, noticing the sounds around you. And noticing if there's any difference now to when you started. And it's okay for your mind to wander, don't worry about that for now. And then bringing your body or your attention down to the object you're sitting on, the chair, and feeling the connection, the sense of touch between your body and the chair or the floor or whatever you're sitting on. Just noticing which part of your body is touching, which part of your body is supported by what you're sitting on. Noticing your feet on the ground, 
and just feeling that touch. The awareness of touch. And just feeling Mother Earth holding you, supporting you. Through your feet, through the object you're sitting on, that's grounded to the earth. Just keep bringing your attention to the sense of touch, to the chair, to the floor. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. How was that? A really weird experience to be in the recording studio (laughs) and almost, I'm going to say stepping out of myself, but I was actually stepping into myself and I was aware of a lot more things than I normally am and one of the biggest things was that how tight I hold my jaw and my face and my neck and no wonder I'm a teeth grinder and things like that. Obviously it's because I'm holding all that tension through the top half of my body and when you told me to make the sound I could feel my throat relax. Lovely. And it's, oh, I've got pin, not pins and needles but tingling now all down my legs and arms because... Um, yeah, it's, it's that I stopped, I felt. And it it's incredibly energising as well. I feel like I've had a nice long nap and that was only a few minutes. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. So that's the homework. To do a five or ten minute practice each day. Sitting in a spot because we creatures of habit we like a time and a place so there's no right time and there's no right place whatever is your right time and right place that works for you that's your one so it's finding your right time and place and most days I won't say every day because I don't do every day so I can't ask you to do every day Um, most days doing at least a five or ten minute sit Just starting from the top of your head, relaxing the eyes, moving the eyes around, because this is all what the fight-or-flight system activates. So we're just deactivating that. We're using the vagal nerve in that way. So it's the eyes, the swallowing response, the sounding, the loosening of the jaws, the loosening of the neck, the shoulders, and touching down into the ground and feeling ourselves through the sense of touch. And that's all you're doing in the practice. Um, My friend and I, who both teach mindfulness, have a different view about using podcasts or using a meditation app. I'm of the opinion that, yep, for the first few times, listen to the show and follow what I say, but make it yours. 
So I don't want to be the voice in your head. This is a guided practice for the first one or two times, but the rest of the time, you be the voice in your head. You guide you to doing the practice. Because for me, mindfulness is about freedom, and you need to be able to do it at a flick of your mind. When you're in pack and save, when you're feeling distressed, when whatever's going on, you can flick the switch in your mind rather than going, wait, let me take out my cell phone, let me switch on my app, let me do this, let me do that before I can do this. And that's where I find the freedom of not using apps. But apps are great for the starting point. So listen to the show a few times or the meditation part and allow that to be, but also trust yourself that you know how to do the practice. That sounds great, because I was going to say, should I listen to this podcast to get me in the rhythm? Nope. So (laughs) I can use it until I remember all the steps myself. Because the other thing is, if I start doing it and then I think, oh, hang on, I've forgotten something, I can flare up into anxiety. So I will... Do it like Bhavna says, like instead of Simon says, Bhavna says, <laughs> and then eventually it'll be Nat says, do this and bring it in that way. That's, don't worry about the steps, Nat. Don't worry mm. about getting it right. There's nothing to get right here. You know, if you forget to do the neck, so you forgot to do the neck. That's fine. We don't need to do all of it to trigger the vagal nerve one of it will do it because it's one nervous system. So don't try and get this right because that's where you're setting yourself up for failure and anxiety. There's nothing to do. All you're teaching your body to do is how to just come out of fight flight. Even if you only go, okay, for me today, for this this week, I'm just going to play with the shoulders. That's perfect. Just do the shoulders or do the neck, neck roll or the hum. Just pick one and start with that. Don't try to get this right. Okay, so that's good Good information for me and anybody else out there that happens to be an A++ personality type, which means we want to get it right, we have to get it right, and if we don't get it right, we punish ourselves. So there is no right. In this case, we no. do. Exactly. There's no right. Think of it as a switch. It's either on or off. You're either aware of what's happening or you're not aware. There's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with being not aware. But it's, huh, can I play with awareness? Oops, forgot. Okay, back. No problem. You're just playing with dipping your toe into awareness. You're not going to stay aware for the full 10 minutes if you're practicing for 10 minutes or 5 minutes. You're going to have one or two seconds of awareness. Wow. That's all you're aiming for. Wow. You're not staying present um, for the whole period. This is just an introduction to coming into your body. It's not safe, so you slowly need to bring it in and go, see, oh, that was fine, okay, bugger off, come back, go back, out, in, out, in, out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So after I've done my exercise, actually I'm not sure if I can call it that practice because I've always said exercise and I are not friends. Practice. Practice. Maybe I should call walking practice as well <laughs> then at the moment. Um, should I journal afterwards? Is that a good thing or not? Or 
probably say not for now. Am I jumping the steps? Oh, no, just because you said you're type A++++ and you want to get all this right. So, <laughs> um, no, there's nothing to get right. There's nothing. It's about being. It's about how you feel. So that's the formal practice part of it. The informal is throughout the day, just play with touch. You know, as you're driving, sitting in your car, what does my chair feel like? How do I hold the steering? Oh, my gears. Okay. What does it feel like to be in the shower? Can I feel the water touching me? Can I feel me touching me in the shower? And again, if you have PTSD, that's fine. But it's noticing which part of your body you feel okay touching. Maybe it's your big toe. Okay, fine. Start with that toe. Um, your hair, your face, whatever is for you the part you feel okay just play with it in the shower, that. During the day, just noticing what am I touching. As you pick up your pen or your cell phone, just tiny moments. You're not going to be there all the time, but it's just playing with popping in, popping out, popping in, popping out the whole day. Okay, this is definitely going to give me a different viewpoint uh, in the radio station over the next few weeks. And if you're coming in to do a recording or coming in to visit and I'm looking strangely at I don't know my stapler you know I might have had a moment in with the stapler (laughs) if I'm throwing it you know I'm not doing very well and I can't get the staples back in so that's more normal (laughs) and yeah and that brings us to the end of today's show so if please note any questions that you have net that come up for you and same thing with the listeners if you have any questions uh, that you want to ask you're welcome to email them to the studio at Um, you can email me you can email natalie at radiohawksbay.org.nz and uh, as i'm sharing this journey with all of you out there Of course, there'll be absolutely no judgment because I think next month after I've been doing my homework, you'll realise how big a thing this is for me and that, um, well, I suppose it's called on-air exposure to your inner fears. So, um, yeah, join me on the journey. You've changed the name of my show. (laughs) (laughs) And if you have any questions for me, uh, you can contact me at um, the easiest ways through the website, alivepsych.co.nz. And look forward to hearing about your practice, your journey, and seeing you and hearing about your stuff next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, your community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.